Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Uh, and today I am joined by uh, a couple of North Bank uh, Gooners. I am joined by Trevor. Trevor is back in the UK. Uh, Trevor, how are you doing and what's it like in all this cold and wet? I am back, Fergus. It is cold and it is wet, but I'm happy because the Arsenal are making me smile. Yeah, brilliant. Was was fortunate enough to be in um, Bournemouth on Monday, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, but all happy, all good, mate. Brilliant. And Johnny, you've got your... That's a, that's a Santi Cazola shirt on, isn't it? It is yep. the Santi Cazola shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I always associate with Santi. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I've had the day off work and I've been very productive. Excellent. Um, well, I've been I've been working today, uh, but I had a friend of mine, uh, stroke client, and he sometimes joins us on here, uh, who invited me out to lunch. So uh, I had a nice lunch and it was partially liquid. So I'm, I'm, I'm nicely warmed up. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. So um, we're going to look at um, the Bournemouth game. We're going to look at the, the sort of lineups we've got. We're going to look at um, uh, the, 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 the players and some of the performances. Uh, we'll look at the post-match interviews, um, talk about Arteta, transfer markets. Uh, there's, there's lots. And obviously, Burnley at the weekend is coming up as well, which is... Uh, and then we've got a winter break, so we'll talk about that. Sadly, um, Jerome, who was meant to join us tonight, um, hasn't been able to... A family emergency has happened, so he's uh, he's had to drop out. And in the background, we normally have um, uh, Mike in the background. He hasn't been able to join us because he's been called in by the uh, podcast tour to join uh, podca- uh, Potsy's previews on YouTube as well. So if you want to see Mike, jump on the other channel. But this is far more interesting, far, far more interesting. And we've got a happy Trevor. Of, of course, it's far more interesting. If you get to listen <laughs> to us on this channel. Of course, I'm happy. Look at what the Arsenal are doing at the minute. Come on, move on, Fergus. Let's talk about Bournemouth on Monday. Come on, I'm excited. I want to talk about that young team. Somebody who you met in Bournemouth was Dave Hurl. He says hello, uh, and he said it was good to meet you. He's a liar, though. He honestly is a liar. He he texts me, and he said, God, he's a bit of a boring old fart, isn't he? I don't believe that for a minute, Fergus. Good to meet you too, Dave, and uh, probably (laughs) see you in Burnley if you're there, mate. If not, well, we'll see you soon. No, thankfully, um, uh, he's not going to Burnley because uh, he is the Jonah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's not going to Burnley. I'm going to Burnley on his tickets, so which is brilliant. Um, Bournemouth in the FA Cup fourth round. It was a Monday night football. We seem to be the kings of Monday night at the minute. Um, a youthful lineup. Eddie gets a start. Um, Willock got a start. Uh, Saka, Martinelli, Lacazette on the bench. Um do you think, Johnny, you can come in on this one. Do you think Lacassette should have maybe started? No. Because, because he needs a goal. He needs an away goal. He's only scored three goals uh, since 2017 away from home. Um, yes, some of that stats could be skewed a little bit because under Wenger, he only came on for 15, 20 minutes at times, especially away from home. Do you, you don't think he should have started then? Why not? Because I think uh, Eddie coming back in good form and scoring and showing the good movement that he did is uh, the is the stick rather than the carrot. Because I think Lacazette 
has had the carrot. He's had the positive reinforcement and the go on, you can do this kind of thing. Now he needs a kick up the ass to show there's somebody behind you that's going to come and take your place if you don't pull your finger out. So I think that's more where we're at. I think because he, he, he ain't scoring. He ain't scoring away from home. You saw the stat I saw. It was two, two goals. Three goals in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous stat. So sit him on the bench. Let him watch Eddie come back with a new impetus and want to show himself. And it's good for Eddie to get the minutes because he hasn't got the minutes against whilst he was at Leeds. So you show Leeds what they're missing. No, yeah, yeah. Well, he was injured at Leeds for part of it. Um, Trev, looking at you there, you, you, you're not really in agreement with uh, with Johnny below you, are you? No, I, I'm not in agreement with Johnny at all there, let me tell you. Johnny's welcome to his opinion and, 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 and I can see what he means. But I c- Lacazette lo- needs a goal. He's doing everything else all right. So I, I don't look upon it as he needs a kick up the backside. I look upon it as he needs a bit of luck because he's working his socks off for the team. It was the only surprise I got on Monday night when I saw that Lacazette wasn't playing and then Ketia was in. I wasn't upset about it, but I, I, the team was about how I thought it would be apart from then too. Uh, and at the end of the day, um, Arteta was proved to be right again, wasn't he? We played really, really right. well, the youngsters, in, you know. In that first half, Bournemouth came out. They didn't look... Uh, listen, uh, I saw your tweet um, at uh, Gunnar Hilsey about playing um, an inferior Bournemouth side or whatever. It was something along that lines. Um, Bournemouth didn't turn up for the first half. Arsenal definitely turned up for the first half. Bournemouth came back in the second half and were, and were better. But, you know, four minutes in, Saka opens his account. Wow. What a goal. What a goal. Yeah. It was. 22 passes went through every member of the team. Uh, and Martinelli, uh, what a clever assist. Mm-hmm. You know, should we be building the team around these two, Trev? Those two are getting very close, let me tell you. I watched them during the game, Fergus, on that left-hand side. Those two are getting very close, forming a magnificent understanding. Um, Just going back to my Twitter about Bournemouth, I didn't say Bournemouth were an inferior side. I said I was annoyed that people were calling Bournemouth an inferior side because we were just better. But yeah, going back to that, um, Saka scored the goal. What a move, what a build-up. We were watching from behind the goal the other end and just watching the ball ping about, you know. And then he smashes it into the roof of the net. And some players went to get hold of him, but Saka headed straight to Martinelli, you know. It's, it, and it's lovely to see. That's what we need to see at the Arsenal. A bit of comradeship, you know. None of this edge dropping was scored a goal. Get together and, yeah, celebrate the goal. Brilliant. The, key player, the key player in both the goals, though, was Willock. But by yes. far, he was the key player. Uh, he was probably up there with uh, a man in a match performance. Um, I think he yeah, we, we need tipped. We need to dwell on Willock a bit, Johnny. Yeah. We need to dwell on Willock because he looks a class act, you know. Um, and it, I was very interested to read between the lines in Arteta's uh, press conference after when he said that he thinks that Willock is very suited to that position and he'd been wanting to get him playing there. And he was fantastic on Monday night, Willock. And uh, you know what position it is, don't you? It's the, it's the position now Mr. Ozil normally plays. Don't want to dwell on Ozil tonight because it, it was nothing to do with that game on Monday. But that's the position Willock played and the energy he showed and the passion he showed. I can't see how we don't play him again, to be honest. It's, it's really interesting. 
in a midfield three uh, hit with Terea and Willock and Zaka, that is a really good uh, spectrum of skill sets there. I think those three together could really form a partnership that could really give us a foundation to build on, especially if we are signing the players we think we're going to sign with Mari coming in and stuff like that. We've got the defensive reinforcements and already having Lano. So it looks like we're building the spine that we were talking about earlier in the season that we, that we all felt that we needed. But you, yeah. you mentioned Willock playing that Ozil role, but a player who, I, you know, I'm very critical of um, uh, uh, in the past and not necessarily for, um, his passion and his drive and his wanting to get involved is um, is Matteo Guendouzi. You know, I, I found he was quite easy to go to ground and everything else, but he seemed to be playing that um, that Ozil, Ozil sort of role to a certain degree because everything seemed to be going through him. It was coming from the defence, through Shaka to Guendouzi and up the pitch. Do you not think? Well, think oh, you're both bang on. Yeah. You're both bang on. You're both spot on. And, and, and we could have a bit of a predicament developing as well, you know, because Gwen, it was a different Gwen Doozy. I think we're we we we're banging on now, but we, we're gradually seeing the development of the Arteta team. You know, week by week, you see little different things. And I thought we saw a stronger Gwen Doozy on Monday night. I think he stayed on his feet better. And do you know what he was? He was a pain in Bournemouth's ass. Bournemouth's mm. fans hated him. He was all over the park putting a challenge in, you know. And and he looked good and 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 from where I was sitting, I've not watched the game, so I don't know if it was just my interpretation. But it looked like Xhaka was playing deeper, just in front of the back four, you know. So Xhaka's played deeper, so he's not pressured to make these telling passes, which is and, his role. And Willock, exactly, and Willock and Guendouzi and even Pepe. Pepe wasn't brilliant, but he was there. We're, we're, we're picking that ball up and making that pass instead. So we've got a right predicament because. We're starting to get a lot of players for a few positions now, aren't we? I mean, we never saw Torreira, you know. Yeah. Um, Ozil wasn't playing. So uh, if they all start playing well, it's going to be... A, it's, it's a nice predicament to have, but it's interesting how he fits them all in, you know? Rather be looking at them than looking for them. Absolutely. J- Jerome, we, we, we shared uh, what we were going to talk about on, on here earlier on, on a message group. And Jerome sent a question through to me uh, last night and says, the youth going forward... You know, the future's bright. Is the future bright? The fruit is red and white. You know, you know. It, 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 I, I mentioned it earlier about with the lineups. We've got to be building round the, the likes of Saka, Martinelli, Willock, Guendouzi, Torreira, Shaka. Not for me, but that's for different reasons and stuff like that, um, which uh, is fine. Um, you touched on Pepe. Um, do you think Pepe? I don't, I, 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 Pepe just up and looked and went, Jesus, these guys, his own teammates, are playing him off the park. He didn't have a bad game. You're right, Trev. He didn't have a bad game. But they were they were just outplaying him, weren't they? They were showing their class. But we, I think what we haven't really had um, a crop of our own players coming through the, the academy, all maturing, all at roughly the same time. I can't remember a time when you've had four, five, six of them all coming through at the same time. And I mean, yes, eighty nine, Johnny, eighty nine, son. 
Well, there you go. I mean, it, I, you're talking about something like 89. You're talking about in with United of the class of, of 92 and or 94, whatever it is. And you've got those crop of players coming through who are showing fantastic talent. And I'm really, really excited by the de- development. Was it not 87, Trev? Because that was like the League Cup under George Graham. And then they went on to 89. Tony Adams. Yeah, it was. But we, uh, yeah, um, but we remember him for 89 because of the wonderful yeah, yeah, finale yeah, yeah, yeah. to the season. But it's, it's interesting what you say. And I, 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 I'll put this point to you as a question because because I'm I'm going to all the games now. So I've been in Greece watching everything on the telly. And now I'm going to the games because I'm back. Yeah, I'm seeing different well, perspective. I am. I am. But, uh, but I'll tell you what. I think that our cropper youngsters, uh, our Willocks, our Maitland-Niles, uh, uh, who's the other lads? Uh, Gwen Doozy, Nelsons, Saka, no, Martinelli, they're all playing better under Arteta. It looks like they've moved on forward a bit quicker as well. Uh, from 1 to 11 across the team, I can't, I can't find the negative there. And we talked about Pepe. Pepe, I, don't, I wouldn't say he was a weak link. But he was probably the on the weaker side of the team on Monday night. He still played his game and, and he did all right. I wish he could take a corner. 72 million, can't pass the first man from a corner. That's annoying. But apart from that, I can't find a negative with Monday. And let me tell you, I, 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 I'm not saying that that team would go out and beat Liverpool tomorrow, that team we played on Monday, right? Far from it. But if that team went out that we played on Monday and went and played Liverpool tomorrow, they might get beat. But I'll tell you what, boys, every one of us would be saying, bloody hell, they gave it a good shot. We wouldn't be saying any of them were lazy or let us down or or were weak. They would go out there and they would play for the Arsenal, you know? Which is exactly what we said. Leave it on the pitch. Um, Our statistician, that's easy for me to say after. uh, Thank you, Nick Gates, in the comments. Um, The young Italian prospect Moretti, work it out. Liquid lunch um, um, has kicked in and me trying to say statistician. Um, Arsenal gems, Gab- Gabriel Martinelli, only 18. Uh, Saka, only 18. Reese Nelson, 20. Gwenduzi, 20. Saliba, unproven for me, but 18. Joel Willock, 20. Smith Rowe, 19. Eddie Nketiah, 20. Uh, the best set of under 21 players in the, in, in the league. Would you agree with that, guys? Yeah, yeah. You know who I'm most excited about? apart from Martinelli, who's getting all the plaudits, is Joe Willock. In that list of players, even the big money signing of uh, Saliba, I'm more excited about Willock and his development and how he can basically come in and take over the ownership of that midfield. It's going to be a fantastic couple of years ahead of us. Yeah. I don't to... know if they're the best crop of young players, folks. I don't know if they're the best crop of young players because I don't give a damn about any other team's young players. I don't know any of them, you know. But what I will say is they're good and we're happy. we should be happy with them and we should encourage them and uh, see where we go because I think we're on the up, boys. Um, 26 minutes in, Enketia gets his goal. As you said, showed leads. Um, uh, exactly what they're missing out on. I have uh, a Leeds colleague uh, at work and he was very impressed with Inketia's uh, performance. I know he got a groin injury and everything else, but he was very impressed about how he came off the bench and everything else. Um, did You mightn't have seen it so much, Trev, but you would have seen it, Johnny. The, the, the VAR that kicked in on that one. Yeah. Uh, you, we'll talk about this for a second. Are they looking for... A, there was nothing there. They were looking for an excuse... 
to make something offside, it's meant to be clear and obvious. And I, I don't want to have a huge VAR conversation, but, you know, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. What did you think of it? Well, when you say about the clear and obvious, that's referring to the clear and obvious errors. Yeah. That was like when we had the Gibbs, um, Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what the clear and obvious thing is. With offside, it's either off or it's not. I think the thing is, it was around whether he was active or not. He didn't touch the ball. He was bang level, so that means he was onside. They were trying to but say. I do agree. Neat. I do agree. But they're trying to find things to rule out. I think they're trying to make VAR um, in those situations of um, black and white stuff show their value to show up their rate of correct decisions so that when they do mess up when they have especially around penalties and handballs they can outweigh it by saying oh well we got that offside right it doesn't really matter because the guy didn't touch the ball and he wasn't he, he, he was still onside but it took so long you saw it on the screen that they were trying to draw the lines and all that kind of stuff you can see he ain't offside yeah, but even the commentators on BT Sport were going, I don't even know what they're doing here. He, he's well on side. What you will have seen, though, Trev, is Saka and his awareness uh, for the assist. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I was trying to think who would you, he reminded me of. And was it Overmark or was it Perez? And I talked to a friend of mine and he came along and said, no, he just looks like David Rocastle. I, I, I didn't see... David Rocastle play football probably at all, or if I did, I wouldn't have been taking as much notice as I would these days. Um, but what did you make of that assist? And, and did you did you see what I saw? And in, in, he looked like a player of old. If I'm honest, Fergus, no, I didn't. I I, I I try not to make them comparisons, mate. If I'm honest, and just if if you start putting that you know the weight of you're playing like a rocky road castle on on the shoulders of a young 17 year old i ju i just don't like that i don't think they need that pressure what i will say about saka is that for some for a young kid he's is he 17 or is he just 18, 18 now boys 18, i'm not 18, sure only just, just 18. 18 but for a young kid to come into the hardest league in the world right and move into a position he's never played in or very rarely played in before at left back and then come out and say in a press conference that he'll play anywhere for the Arsenal. And if it means playing left back to get in the side, then so be it, he will learn. What an amazing young man that is. I want to shake his hand, that this Saka lad. I'm so proud that he plays for the Arsenal. We need to tie him down for a 10-year contract, let him develop. I think he might well end up playing further up the field, to be honest. But what what an effort. I didn't, I, do you know what, Fergus? I can't even recall that through ball he made for the goal. I know he was involved, but... By that time, I'd had a few beers and we're in the stadium. But what, <laughs> what a fantastic player and what an attitude for a young man. Yeah, yeah I, I just want to meet him and shake his hand and we need to tie him down. But this is all part of the development of the Arsenal Football Club under this new regime. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, let's just hope he carries on, eh? I, I what an attitude. Yeah, I think he reminds me of a young Ashley Cole really, uh, where he's still developing his, his defensive side because actually Cole was a striker before he got settled in at left-back. So, I mean, he does have that forward momentum and he has really good link-up play. So there are some comparisons to be made, but I agree with Trev. Put in that he's the new XYZ has always been, uh, you know, a, a concrete necklace for some players in that it just holds them back. 
really you want you want to see the positives of what they've got and not have the comparison um another player who we have touched on but in particular i thought um in the first half was impressive commanding controlling uh, not only uh against uh, controlling against uh, controlling the game that we played against bournemouth but also controlling our own players put in uh, a performance for me that looked captain-esque was Gwendozi. Now, for me to say that, that's that's, that's huge. a big thing. Yeah. Um, when Martinelli went down at one point in the box, I don't know if there was, I think it was still first half, he went down in the centre circle or somewhere like that and he was holding on to his ankle. Gwendozi comes along, picks him up and says, no, come on, get on, we're playing. And I thought he was absolutely outstanding in the first half, a man of the match performance for me in the first half. Second half is slightly different, but anybody think or add to that? Yeah, he had a really good game, I have to admit. He, he has been described by the France manager as being the water carrier, does all the non glamorous stuff really well. The stuff that, you know, he's not, I don't know, like Willock against Liverpool, banging it in for 30 yards. He's doing the hard hard yards. Yes, he does fall over a little bit and he's a bit over-theatrical and he does get up the referee's nose a bit, but he does the yards, he does the hard work and he, he, he plays with a passion that we haven't really had uh, a lot in, in players that we've signed. Um, he just seems like he gets it, you know? Mm, yeah, no, no. And, and to be honest, I, I was speaking to... Uh, um, a client of mine, and he's a mad Arsenal fan, but also French and uh, loves his football, but loves Zidane. And he actually said that Gwendouzi could be the next Zinedine Zidane, which I think is a, a, a huge statement. That's a massive statement. Was it while she was at your liquid lunch? That no, 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 no. That was a Turkish chap I was with uh, for, 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 for that oh, one. Oh, a different liquid lunch. Because it would uh, have no, to have been a liquid to be a new Zinedine Zidane. That, that was a client meeting. Uh, the other one was um, a client lunch. And there was actually, you talk about liquid lunch. We had one pint of Moretti, hence Nick's uh, Nick's comment, because uh, I stopped at my local and had another pint afterwards on the way home. Um, but uh, the we had an amazing Turkish. If, you, if you're in Emerson Park near Rumford, there's a place called... Uh, uh, what's it is called? It the one near the bridge. Yeah, near the near, right by the Emerson Park station. Yeah, I know there. it. Yeah, it's owned oh. by the people who own the fish and chip shop down the road called Olmo Cod. Uh, possibly, but it was really, really good. My my friend is friends with them. We walked in. We were treated like kings. We're in there for an hour. Had a, an amazing lunch. I haven't had dinner tonight, so it's fantastic. So there's a the free plug for them. So that was really, really good. Um, Shaka. Shaka, shaka, shaka. Uh, in the main, I think he had a good, an okay game. Um, I've been in discussions and stuff on some Facebook groups, including Arsenal Fans Forum, about Shaka and people saying he should be forgiven and stuff like that. For me personally, um, he'll never be forgiven because he hasn't even apologised uh, for what he said and what he did, disrespecting the captain's armband, attempting to disrespect the shirt and telling the fans where to go. Yeah, I can understand he got some grief and crap and stuff like that. But Shaka's pass that put Mustafi in the crap 
and people start slagging off Mustafi. And Mustafi, uh, uh, Trev, you're going to come in in a minute about Mustafi. Oh. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> He's um, not picking up the sound wrong then. No, 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 no. You, you were singing a song. What song were you singing before oh. we came on? I was singing, oh, Skodra Mustafi, because... The fans were singing it, right? Because he was playing well, right? And and press, you're right on top of the players. Press pause just one second. What? Press pause, pause just one second. No, no, no. Stop. Hold oh. hold there. One yeah, second. Shaka's okay. uh, uh, pass put Mustafi in a right state, uh, and I think it led to his injury. That square pass, you're trained at seven or eight, nine years of age, that you never ever pass a ball like that and it put him in a position and it, it, it almost gave a goal away. Fortunately enough, I don't, I don't know who cleared it. Um, I think, I don't know, but Mustafi, go on. Uh, what do you think of Shaka and Mustafi, Trev? Go on and then you can come in, Johnny. Right. I thought Xhaka played a lot deeper and I thought he looked pretty good because he had more time. He didn't have to find the telling pass. I'm, that, that one pass you've spoke about, Fergus, let's accept that. But yep. he, didn't, he didn't have to find the telling pass pass because he could drop the ball into into Gwenduzi or into Pepe or into Willick and they were doing that telling pass for him so I thought Xhaka had an okay game there playing in that deeper role Mustafi you know he's putting 100% effort and as I was just going to say be before you put me on pause Fergus um, that's um, that we're right on top of the players at Bournemouth I don't know if you've been to Bournemouth before you're right on top of them and we were behind the goal we've never been behind the goal at Bournemouth before we're always at the side and he was right in front of us, Mustafi, defending. And the fans started singing. And not just a few, a load of fans started singing, oh, Skodra Mustafi. And I was looking at him, right? And I saw his head lift. I saw him physically grow an inch. He grew taller, right? And I said on the last podcast, I'm getting to like him a bit. And we all had a giggle about it, me included. But it just goes to show if we... If we just give him support and persevere with him, he's never going to be a Bobby Moore, right? But he'll always give it 100%. And, and, if, and if we get behind him a bit, if we can find it within ourselves to forgive his, his misdemeanours and back him a little bit, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he can only get better. He won't get worse, you know? So it was, I was over the moon when they sung his name and I was over the moon when I watched him physically stretch himself up at defending that corner. So there, that, that's that's me and Mr. Mustafi. And I was gutted when he got injured, by the way. But it's only a sprained ankle, they're saying, aren't they? Mm, so yeah. it mm. might not be too bad. Johnny, thoughts? Like you saying that the that Xhaka played a little bit deeper. Um, but I think that's the tactics we're going with now. You see, we, we talked about the inverted uh, fullbacks. So that leads to our, our uh, deepest line defend uh midfielders dropping into the fullback position to cover so he needs to, to do that dropping in because he don't have Torreira in that game so he was more called upon for a bit more of a defensive role but it is good that he had two people more or less ahead of him especially in, in Willock who can actually uh, distribute the ball as well as the that they can um I think it was a change in the tactical approach for him and I think he adapted really really well um with Guendouzi, I thought he had a really good game. He he would, took on the responsibility, and I agree with Molina that he has the traits for a future captain. But when we was talking in the summer, and towards the end of last season, we were talking about 
leaders in the team and not having enough leadership or people who stand out to be leaders and got this five captain thing. I think now we're starting to see that we've got more standout players who can actually stand up and be counted in terms of leadership. And that, um, yes, Xhaka has stepped away from being a captain, quite rightly so, and I agree that he shouldn't have the armband anymore. But you've got other players, you were saying about Bellerin, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Gwendouzi, Willock has shown it in the under-23s. He's been a captain for the under-23s as well. We've got players who can lead by example and actually show a bit of leadership and push us forward and fill the void that we've had in terms of a leadership. Hmm. Yeah, listen, listen, just just before you move, I'm sorry, I know you told me off the other day for butting in. But just before you move on, my I mate Smudge just put a comment up there, right? My my mate Smudge just put a comment up there. Gwen Doozy's the new Steve Williams of, of old. And he does remind me of Stevie Williams. You boys, I don't know if you boys remember Steve Williams. You, you, you might be a bit young, but he was a terrier. Uh, and, and the opposition fans used to hate him because he was always at them. And that's, Bournemouth fans were booing Gwen Doozy on Monday night, but they were booing him for all the right reasons for us. They weren't booing him because he was diving on the floor or or playing up to the referee. They were booing him because he was wiping their players out. He was having a blinder, you know, and and, and if Gwundus is getting booed for reasons like that, carry on booing him, boys. It was a class act. As they all didn't, he, didn't he get a card? Or there was a, no, there was a free kick given against him and, and uh, I think one of the Bournemouth players said, well, how many times was that ref? Come on, card him, card him. And he went two. And I think he had chipped at them about six or seven times. He was chipping away and chipping away. So um, second half, uh, we're 2 nil up at half time. Um, I, 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 I rang my friend who I had lunch with today and uh, I was talking to him at half time. And we're going about the performance of Bournemouth that, that we looked really well and Bournemouth didn't look great. It didn't look like they were up for the game. The second half, they came out. They, they, they did look more, much more up for the game in the second half. They came at us. They challenged us. Uh, unfortunately, as uh, you touched on earlier, Mustafi had a really awkward fall. Uh, I thought he was out for the rest of the season. I must admit, yeah. in the chat group that we had, I thought he was out for the rest of the season. Holding came on. Um, holding, you talk about Lacazette lacking conf- confidence. Uh, holding, Jesus. He, he, he doesn't look his, it, it, the player he was before he got injured. No. no he looks a shadow of his former self but i think the the basics are there you know the groundwork is there for him i think he needs a he needs some minutes in his legs and he needs a bit of confidence and games like this is where he's going to get it i was surprised he didn't start to be honest with you i was surprised mm. Staffy started i was surprised that rob holding didn't but i think um uh, on another pod someone said um there was a, a choice to be made between bellerin who's just come back from a year out and holding who's just come out from a year out and I think that's a good argument to be had. Um, but I really did think that um, Holding was going to start, very honest with you. What did you make of Bellerin's performance? I thought it was brilliant. He's really thriving because the emphasis that the, uh, Arteta's brought with him from Man City is how important the fullbacks are. And using those inverted fullbacks who press into the midfield as opposed to just going down the wings, it's a massively important position for us. And some people were doubting that, including me. I was thinking about, well, what do we really need him? Is he as good as, uh, as as we all have in our minds that he is? And he came back and showed that, yeah, he is that good. He is a really, really good fullback and wingback. He's got timber on him at the minute, doesn't he? 
Yeah, but you would too if you had a, almost a year out, you know, and co continuous. Me? Well, yeah, you look like you've had about 20 years out. <laughs> <laughs> but he did no, show good, that well, his quality. Good, though, you're he? right, John. Yeah, I, yeah you're uh, right, John. He, he played he really like, well. Yeah, he did play really well. Full, it was a captain's performance, in my opinion. Full of energy, right? Full of energy. But that's yeah. a reflection on the side. The whole side's full of energy. Yeah. And then the fans are full of energy, you know, and it's infectious. And it's like a nice circle to be in because the infection of the fans then gets to the players and lifts them, like I just said about Mustafi, you know. So we're in an amazing place, right? An absolutely amazing place at the moment. I, I don't want to do it, but I've got to take five seconds. Don't even follow up, boys. But I don't, I don't know how Ozil fits in that side like that because mm. there's no energy there, right? I'll move on, move on. I, I just needed to say that. I agree. And, I, I, I know yeah, gonna... We've had this conversation so many times. He is a world-class player and he has world-class skills. He just doesn't fit into the team that we've got and the ethos and the way we want to play. If we can get Army. him signed for somebody else, then he will be happier and we will be happier. Salibas hmm. came on see... um, uh, for... Uh, no, it wasn't Willock. I can't remember who he came on for. Um, stop. But... Stop. Stop. Who came on? I thought you said Saliba. Start, who came on? I did, I, I did say you Saliba. Said, you uh, said Saliba. Saliba. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Let's go all the way back to that very lunch. side for us. Um, Sabias came on. Um, I was a little bit surprised because the end of his loan, uh, or he's meant to be ending his loan uh, uh, thing, and there's also... Uh, meant to be, Johnny, you mentioned it. Um, there, there, there's something to do with he said stuff uh, against. Yeah. He Catalan, famously said Real Madrid about dropping a bomb on the new camp and uh, blowing up all the Basque and Catalans. But, um, very controversial. And obviously, um, uh, Emery made peace with that but i think arteta maybe clashed with him a little i think there might be some kind of abrasive uh, nature to everything going on there and the reason why sabios came is because he wanted the minutes and because emery was here and he'd worked with him before he wanted the minutes because it's the euros in the summer and he wants his place in the spain team and he's obviously been told mm, you ain't going to get the minutes that you think you're going to get now because uh, in my opinion, although he showed good promise at the beginning of the season, since his injury, really, I'd rather have Willock in the team than Ceballos. And Willock, Willock, got, Willock got pulled back in the box, but yet again, VAR wasn't called in. It was clear right. and bloody obvious. Mm. It was. It was right under our noses, let me tell you. That was a nailed-on penalty. And Atkinson was laughing. Martin Atkinson was laughing. I was fuming. Absolutely fuming with me. I could not believe that VAR didn't click up on that screen. At least they didn't, even, and they didn't even have a look at it. But the referee, so annoyed. The referee, if he's laughing, he must know that it's that, you know that there must have been something, and he should have either blown up or gone to the screen. I agree. Absolutely, couldn't agree more, Fergus. Mike. By the way, Sabios didn't do bad when he come on. You know, you know, he ran. He was he, he he looked like he, yeah. I think I think he looked like he was running in mud. 
Honestly, he looked like he was, right. he was very heavy-legged. So, well, just go, as I said earlier about different interpretations from I, watching there on telling, I thought he played all right. You know, he didn't, he didn't like overly excite me, but he weren't bad. He was, you know, Trev, played back, his part. And Go back to the Palace game and we were talking about Lacazette and then you look at what people are watching on TV, watching it, talking about Lacazette. We said he put in a great shift and he worked hard and people on TV come along and said he was lazy and he didn't get involved in the game. So it, it's the, the view from the ground rather than the view on TV because you get to see the director's view. Um, VAR yeah. and injuries and everything else. Eight added minutes. It ended up being a little bit more as well. And oh, yeah, it was it was ten minute, one hundred and ten point one minutes. I think the whole game was. Um, well, one hundred minutes. If it was one hundred and ten, it'd be twenty minutes out of time. It was a hundred minutes point one. Yeah, that was it. It was a hundred minutes and ten seconds or something like that. Ridiculous. Again, that we got back to the the knee incident with Martinelli. They spent a long time on that. Um, on the ninety fourth. Uh, minute um they got a goal back i i got the right score in the prediction league but you know there was there was a a push in uh, and a pull in that goal var should have disallowed that goal as well so technically speaking if var done his job correctly um we should have had a penalty which potentially would have meant we won that game three nil um but we're, we're we're through to the fourth round our fifth round uh, we're going to play Pompey away around the 4th of March. It's a midweek game. There's no extra time. It's it go, uh, Sorry, there's, there's no replays. It goes to extra time and penalties. There has to be a result. Uh, before we finish up on that game, uh, who was your man of the match? Uh, I'll start with Trev. Uh, Gwen Doozy for me, yeah. Gwen Doozy for me. John? Uh, Willock for me because it was integral to all of our play and he's pretty much set up both goals. I, I, I was, I didn't notice as much with Willock as, as you did, but I know he, he was integral. Yes. Agreed. Um, I've written Saka down as mine simply because he scored a goal that was uh, voted the best goal of the fourth round of the FA cup. It was a, a beautiful team goal and also his assist as well that I talked about earlier as well. So, uh, it's difficult. Guendouzi has a big shout-out. Martinelli has a bit of a shout-out. Listen, it's hard to pick a player who had a bad game. It really is hard to pick a player. Maybe Pepe, maybe Shaka, but that would be being really, really picky. The postmaster's interview, um, <coughs> Saka and Eddie uh, kept on talking about Mikhail Arteta and calling him Mikhail, 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 and the Arsenal philosophy. I absolutely loved what they talked about. Mm. And the effort and stuff that they put in, um, I thought was great. Uh, what did you? Th- uh, what would you score Arteta uh, and his tactics out of ten on that one? I'd go about an eight. We've oh, we've got away at Bournemouth. We've won a game comfortably. Take their goal out of it because we. I never thought we were going to lose the game. Ten, you know me, always glass full. Me, ten out of ten. We've had a good win away. Um, I would give him probably a seven or an eight simply because we're a 45 and a team oh. again. And uh, I, I I think, as I said at the beginning, Bournemouth didn't come to us in the first 45. When they came to us in the second 45, we did look like we struggled. It's not struggled, but we, we were challenged further and our fitness seemed um, that it was. 
Yeah, it, 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 we wobbled a little bit, but I can see improvement. I'm happy, but seven, seven or eight, so seven or eight out of ten. Uh, that's what we got. Other topics we got on here. We have got, um, well, Smudge is that what you call him? Is that your mate uh, on here? Yes, Andy Smith. Alan, Smudge, yeah, yeah, Alan Smith. It's not the Smudge, is it? No, of course he's Andy Smith is the Smudge. He was Smudge before Alan Smith was Smudge. <laughs> Top man, Andy. You'll meet and, him on Sunday, Fergus. Yeah, I was going to say, Andy, I'm buzzing as well. I'm going to Burnley uh, myself, Potsy. And my brother-in-law, we're going to meet up with uh, Scunny and Trev up in the cricket club uh, beforehand. Probably end up in some pub afterwards to watch uh, Man City smash the life out of uh, Spurs. But I'm excited. It's my birthday weekend and uh, I'm staying over. So <laughs> I'm out, out, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a long drive. Um, transfers. We have got transfers. We've got uh, Paolo... Uh, Pab Pablo Mari from where is he from? He's from Flamenco, and he played Flamengo. In, Flamengo, and he played in the um, in the World Cup club final or whatever it's called. Had a good game there. Played with Man City for three seasons. Never played a game for them, but went on loan a few times. Again, here's the links between players that play in Brazil and uh, players that um, have a European passport. European passport, yeah, funny that. And, and and also players that have had influence with Pep and with Shaka. So, you know, not a Shaka, that's somebody's put a comment up there, caught my eye, uh, with um, Arteta. So, you know, Arteta is aware of him and knows him and everything else. I haven't got a clue, but we've got him, at, we've got him almost on a, on a try-to-buy basis. We've got him on a loan. It's a 5 million euro loan until the end of the season. We don't have to take him at the end of it if we do want to buy him apparently according to what's the guy on on talk sport the spanish jim white. which one jim, jim white said it uh or guillem belagay and uh, no that's it there's another guy who um is on on talk sport does south american oh uh, Tim Whitry. that's it yeah he said that there's um an 11 million euro option to buy him if we want to keep him but even if we pay 16 million euros what's that 13 14 million pounds um, it's cheap if we're getting a decent uh, centre-back centre uh, in this day and age. He's 26. He, you know, he he's trained in prime. Yeah, yeah. So, certain yeah. defenders do, you know, blossom late. Certain players do blossom late. And it, he basically was Flamengo's best player. All pundits uh, of South American football, including that Tim Vicker you were talking about, said that Mari was... You know, Flamengo's best player this season. Uh, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won the Brazilian league at Acanta and they wouldn't have won, won the uh Copa Libertadores. I said it right, yeah. Listen, look, look, right, Udo de Martinez, uh, Martinelli, Udo de Martinelli before we sign him, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I've got my angry face on here for a second, boys, right? Because I put a little comment on social media today about we've signed a six foot three center half. Let's be happy. Let's celebrate. None of us know him. Let's just embrace it, though. And I still got an Arsenal fan or two on there commenting negative. You know, is he as good as Louise? Is he this? Is he that? Who cares? We've signed a lad. Let's back him and see how we go. Sometimes Arsenal fans just do my head in. They do. We've signed a big lad, right? Nobody knows much about him, but the club must know enough to want to sign him. Let's get him in. Let's be positive. 
Let's save the negatives for 10 years' time, eh? Let's see how he goes. Oh, I'm angry about that. We've but I'm happy again we, now. We, we, we've also got Cedric Isasores from Southampton. Yeah. Um, I, think that's a, I think that's a cracking deal. Absolutely cracking deal. We had a, I, I, I may have uh, spoke out of turn to uh, our friend Mike um, because we had a bit of a disagreement about the, 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 um, the quality of that signing. Well, I personally think that he's a cracking signing. Was it five million quid uh, to get him now instead of getting him for free in the in the summer? But we get him on loan so we can say bye bye if he isn't that good. I think five million pounds is a good is a good gamble. You spend more than that on a on an under eighteen prospect nowadays. We spent six million on Martinelli. You know, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a gamble at the end of the day. This is we're in we're in the high stakes gambling industry now. You have to you have to gamble on certain players, and sometimes they come off, and sometimes they don't. Trev, Johnny, angry Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Are, are we in the? Uh, it's interesting, right? Oh yeah, sorry, Johnny. <laughs> are we in the high stakes industry, mate, or have we got a coach that knows what he's doing and he's picking them out? You know what I mean? I don't know this lad from Southampton. I wouldn't know even if he plays left back or right back. But oh. if we're going to get him in, as I just said, if we're going to get him in, gets our full support, shouldn't be any negativity about him, shouldn't even be questioning it. Let's welcome him into the club. Let's give him the old squadron Mustafis and let's lift their heads, you know? Simple as that. So if he comes to the Arsenal, he'll do for me. How yeah. will you um, How will you welcome a former Arsenal player if rumours are true? Uh, it's not even go there. You better be true. Mute me, Fergus. Mute me. <laughs> Olivier Giroud is rumoured to be going to Tottenham Hotspur. He doesn't want to leave London and he can't get a game for Chelsea. So I'd rather see him go to West Ham or Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace needs a striker. Why don't you go to Crystal Palace? Tottenham are more desperate. Trev, anyway, I'm not talking I don't want to talk about that. I'm not talking about it. Not talking because I swear. The, la the last thing we're going to talk about before a subject that um, Trevor definitely wanted to talk about was a winter break. We play Burnley um, on Sunday at two o'clock and that's us done from the 2nd of February for 14 days until November the 16th. November? Uh, sorry, November, February. It's, I'm tired. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've done so many miles this week. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're, we're we're off for fourteen days. Do you like this idea? Do you think the timing of it is right? Do you think it should be earlier? Do you think? Uh, what's your thoughts? I, I think that it's it's needed. When you look at Germany and other other countries, they have a much longer break. Um, I think in the real harshest part of the of the winter, it would do us good, especially at the end of a transfer window. And you've got players who need to settle in. I think the timing of it is pretty good in that respect. Um, but there's still so many games to play that we, we I mean our, our country has more games played than any other league in in top level league in Europe. They can have their their long breaks and so on, but we've got more games than them. We've got more cup competitions. We've got more people, more teams in our league. So we still have to fit all the games in. So you go from, you know, packing in a game every three days over the Christmas period to not having a game for two weeks and a, like a mandatory break. 
So it, it doesn't it doesn't really make that much sense. It'd be better off to have a more evenly spaced game schedule as well as the break. Trev, any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm all right with it, to be honest with you. It's, it's perfect for us because we're going to bring these couple of new players in, have a nice week training down in Dubai to bet them into the squad. Um, yeah, I, I like the way that the Premier League has said, yeah, we'll give you a winter break, but don't be playing any friendlies. Don't be playing any competitive matches. If you want a break, have it, but you're going to get a break. So I like that. And I'm just going to make the most of it, boys. I'm going to see... Um, I'm going to I'm going to file this Saturday to watch filed v Boreham Wood on Saturday and before we go to Burnley on a Sunday. Then I'm going to Blackpool v South uh, v South End the following week, and then we're going up to Scotland to get a couple of games. You say I'm making the most of it, boys. I'm over the moon about it. Yeah, and we'll and, and if we beat Burnley, right? If we beat Burnley, just think of how our young lads are going to be feeling. All them young kids, they've had a good win at Bournemouth. If we turn Burnley over, they're then going to have a fortnight off with a couple of new signs. They'll, they'll be buzzing, I tell you. We'll beat Liverpool then, I tell you. We'll beat anyone. I'm over the moon. I think Kai in the chat has made a really good point in that as a as a club, we, we are desperate for this break because when you think about it, um, Arteta hasn't really had a lot of time in between games in order to implement his, his philosophy, implement the training uh, that he really needs. Uh, but the more that he's had with them, you, the more positives we've got, more change we've seen for the better. So at the end of this two-week period, we should see, I hope, uh, a bigger up, uplift in the quality or implementation of his philosophy. So it, it's only going to be positive for us, I think. Dave makes a good yeah, point. Uh, so, so many so many silly England friendlies at the start of the season. Uh, and, and we lose a lot of game time. For me, personally, the FA Cup uh, weekend, the, the, the first weekend of January, would be the perfect time to have the two weeks off and then just go back in. The FA Cup starts and everything else goes on. I know it's tradition and everything else, but uh, you listen to Hawksby and Jacobs, and, and the argument that he says... It, it, it is really good because you've just played four or five games in five, probably seven or eight days or whatever. It, it, it's really intense at uh, the football over Christmas. Um, and the, the, the weather is normally a bit more harsher. So if you did that, have that staggered, you get two weeks off, but they play football every other week because half the teams will play, um, uh, not this weekend, the following weekend, and then we play the following weekend, and the other half teams get get off. Um, I'm just wondering though, those young players you said that are gonna when we beat Burnley, Trev. Um, those young players, do you think they'll have ambition to play for Dial Square Football Club? Oh, don't even. Well, no, I to swear, remember? Of course, they won't. Of course, they won't have ambition to play for Dial Square Football Group. Now, like, I saw this and I've not read up about it. All I know about it is what you've told me, Fergus, right? Is if some bloke wants to go and start a football team down in Woolwich, you call it Dial Square as a bit of a throwback, but still support the Arsenal and be fully supportive and, and just have a bit of a nostalgia trip, that's fine. But from what I've been hearing, and I don't know if it's right, the bloke's been very derogatory about our Arsenal. So he can do one for me. He can find, take himself off to Woolwich and not come back. I did hear on the grapevine that he, that he was moaning that there's no atmosphere in the Emirates. And then I heard that he sits in club level. So how can you say out of anything about that? You know what I mean? No. It's not even way. in Woolwich, though, is it? In bloody Surrey. He's not even, he's not yeah, even in Woolwich. 
Well, they can't find a ground, can they? Can't find a ground. Yeah. Couldn't find his half so, of base. No. the sound of it. What get, what gets say, I can't me? comment much more than that. I can't comment much more than that because I've not. I, I saw it and I thought I'm, I'm bending it off. I'm not even not even reading. It. It's only what Fergus has told me uh, that, that that's given me the the, the the knowledge to comment as I have. So that I can't say any more on it. The, the thing that gets me about it is uh, I can't remember the, the fellow's name. I think it's Stuart is the guy's name. Um, he is in the Athletic and he's been in uh, all the local uh, sports newspapers in around the, uh, London and the southeast. And the, the main thing he comes along and says he, they've got disillusioned with the commerciality of the Premier League football. OK, I get that. I understand that. They got want to go back yeah, to Dial Square. Yeah, they want to go back to Dial Square uh, and Woolwich and they want to go back to, you know, grassroots are going to go to the ninth tier and work their way up a bit like AFC Wimbledon and uh, some of the other uh, teams. There. Yeah, fair play. I've got no problem with that. Um, there's their ambitions are within 15 to 20 years to have a purpose built stadium and be competing in the upper leagues uh, in Woolwich. Well, first of all, Crossrail's gone into Woolwich. And I don't know if you've been into I, Woolwich recently. I built the flats that are built on the old Arsenal yeah. uh, at Dial Square. I actually built the flats about six years ago. There's no way, unless you go and buy Charlton's ground, there's nowhere near that you can go to. Precisely. And anything you're going to buy is going to cost fortunes. And the only way you are going to be able to do that is embrace the commerciality of football. So he's almost contradicted himself in that sense. Doing it for attention, he can he can bugger off. Go the, back to Surrey. The, the other thing that Maybe. Uh, that, that I think of one second, Trev. The other the other thing I think of as well is if you want to do that, go do it. But why um, also, as Don One come along and said on here, why divide the fan base? But why attach yourself to Arsenal and almost? Um, you know, feed off the Arsenal, the, the, the factions, the black scarf, and the, all the other stuff, and it just it just feeds off the negativity around Arsenal and builds more negativity. I I just it, it's a no from me. Well, if you if you're so disillusioned with the commerciality, as he puts it, uh, of the Premier League and so on, go support a lower league team then. Go down to Leighton Orient or what are the other smaller smaller uh, teams that are struggling and support one of those teams that need the pound notes through the door. Don't add to the, um, the, the, the landscape with yet another mouth to feed. Why don't you support an already established team if you don't like the higher end? Go, go down. You're not really an Arsenal fan. If you think it, you can bugger off back to Surrey, like I said. Hmm. Boys, um, maybe you can take Stan, eh? Maybe you can take Stan down there and get the money off of Stan and we'll get someone else in to run our club. There's an idea. I'm Bronky sure will look after him. I'm sure there's a big as as the car park down there. They could probably carve out a bit at the back. <laughs> there <you laughs> go. Boys, they can make been... it an American football stadium as well. <laughs> it it's been great having you on again, guys. Um we are gonna try and do a few um probably uh, a few sorry i just dropped something on the floor my glasses we're going to try and um do a few uh clips while we're up there probably the 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 slow the slow deterioration of 
guns and yellow ribbons panelists throughout the day. We'll do a few 10 or 15 minutes or five, 10 minute sort of uh, video clips, depending on signal and battery power and everything else. But we'll try and do something from the cricket club. Um, that's where we're all going to. So if you want to come and say hello, say hi. Uh, we did bump into a few people when we were at Palace, and I know you pumped into somebody down at Bournemouth. So it's really nice when like the likes of Ben and, and some of the other guys pop and say hello so you know we're always always open for a chat and everything else um so we're gonna go to the cricket club obviously go to uh the, the uh, turf moor don't know where we're going afterwards just anywhere where there's a telly really you are you staying around for a bit then trev because i know you're going back to st helens afterwards uh yeah i'll probably will i'll probably pop back in the cricket club after for a while fergus yeah it could it might well happen yeah all according <laughs> to what the company's like of course uh you know and if we've got beat 4-0, I probably won't stay. So, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mind you, if we get beat 4-0, I think we'll be getting oh, there. Oh, right. Scott Ramostafi. Oh, Scott He's my new hero. He's my new hero, boys. I'm so <laughs> glad we haven't got Mike on here. Could you, could, could you imagine Mike with him singing that song? I think oh, you, I think I you should sing it just for Mike. One last verse, oh, then. For Mike... Oh. Yeah. Oh, Scott Ramustafi. Oh, Scott Ramustafi. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to message me, but he ain't messaged me yet. He's, uh, we'll see. But no, this is what we've got to do. Support the team, boys. Support the team. We support the football club. I've said it all along and I've said it all my life. There's no bad players when they're at the Arsenal. You know, they let us down now and again, but then we get behind them. Come on. We're the Arsenal. Did Need you, to win on Sunday. Did, did you see um, uh, Andre Arshavin was on Sky Sports earlier today? He was doing I a live it. interview over the internet. He was. Oh, he, he basically said, um, a once a gooner, always a gooner. Oh. I, I actually he's... liked him. He was a bit of a lazy player, but I liked him. I, I thought... Maybe, like, maybe face assassin, wouldn't he? Yeah. I eat dogs. Um <laughs> Uh, Alex, Dave, Melina, Raul, uh, Andy, um, Kai, uh, who else we got? Nick Gates, Dave, Terry, um, we got Don, we've we got a, quite a few in the chat. Uh, just thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for uh, uh, taking part, Heath. And a new, we got a new one here. I Forgive me, somebody else is going to have to pronounce this chap's name. Flobwian. Flobiwan Gwenobi. Don't, don't if that's not your name, mate, don't kill me. We don't shout at me. Just uh, post a message if we're right or wrong. But thank you for joining Flobby in one. and thank you for putting your comment in the in, in, in the chat. Uh, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. If you want to uh, get mo see more of us, we are on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, if you look for us on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. We're also on Instagram. We don't do a load on, on Instagram, but we do a few bits and pieces. But remember, if you're watching this, um, we do want you to jump on the YouTube if you can. And remember to click the bell and subscribe and follow us. Boys, thanks very much. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse! Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.